Hola, hola, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of Hola Comadre Podcast. I am your host, Jasmine Del Toro, and oh my gosh, guys, let me tell you, I am so, so excited to finally get this first episode up and running. I'm not going to lie. It's been recorded, re-recorded, trying to figure out if I wanted to add a co-host, not a co-host, a guest host um, for this episode, and obviously I decided not to, um, but here finally. I know it's been delayed. Um, that will tie into our topic of the day. Um, but before I get into the topic, I do definitely want to do a little backstory on myself, how um, the thought of Hola Comadre came about, and what you can expect from this podcast. Um, so again, my name is Jasmine. Um, I am 33 years old. Um, I have a few hats. I am a mama to two awesome boys, um, Max who is four. He is special needs. He has autism and global developmental delay, but he is just the most amazing child. Um, and then I have my 11 month old Maverick. Um, he's just awesome. He has the biggest, like he has a very strong character and I just, I'm amazed by him every day. Um, I'm also a wife. I am a small business owner slash entrepreneur. Um, I am the owner of the Madre Diaries, and I am also a rep for Monate, um, and I am now a podcast host. Um, and Hola Comadre came about about two years after I had started the Madre Diaries. Um, and I had started the Madre Diaries because I, after having my son, he had, um, some medical concerns and it, I had to leave my job, um, that... I was very, very proud of, um, but I had to leave my job to take care of my son, which there was no thought, second thought to it. Once I knew he needed assistance, I was like, no, I'll let it go. Um, and we became a one income family. Um, and then, you know, obviously, which is really, really tough, even more so in California. Um, but we made it work and I decided to, to do what I can with my circumstances. And I created the Mother Diaries, which was first a vlog, then a small business um, of graphic tees for women and children. And it has since evolved. Um, there's accessories. We have, um, it's, you know, not just geared towards moms anymore. It's like women empowerment. There's humor in it. And I'll definitely get more into the um, business part of the Mother Diaries in another episode. Um, but after, you know, doing some self-development and going to women empowerment events, it made me want to create a podcast. Um, you know, since the Mother Diaries, Mother Diaries was a vlog in the beginning, I still kind of wanted to bring that back because I do get a lot of um, DMs about, you know, baby products and makeup stuff that I use. So um, kind of just like it, stuff that you would do when you would chat with your comadre at the kitchen table. Um, so I wanted to do something like that. I wanted to kind of open up a room, not a room, but a safe space. Um, like if you were talking with your comadre, you know, talking the cheese man, talking personal stuff, getting serious, having a good time. Um, and no topic will be 
limit there's no limitation to the topics that will be said in this podcast there will be fun times there will be you know some serious topics no subject is off limits um but yeah I'm super excited for this podcast um we're gonna have guest hosts throughout the episodes um and yeah I'm just here to have fun and talk with you guys and this is a completely safe space we're all about positive vibes even though it's yeah we say cheese and it's not necessarily in a negative sense it's all about positive vibes being realistic at the same time there is some sarcasm because believe me I am a little bit on the sarcastic side but it's all in good fun so let's get started so if you've kind of guessed where my topic is for today or what my topic is for today it is going to be none other than Miss Rona herself, COVID-19, 2020, everything that this year has brought, um, because this has been wrapped around my podcast. Um, This podcast was supposed to start last year, um, was when I was really serious about doing it. Um, And then I found out I was pregnant, and that was a a rough pregnancy. Um, So I kind of told, so I slowed things down, I slowed the mother diaries down a little bit with not going to as many events. And I told myself, okay, January, after I have this baby, 2020 is my year. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start this podcast. I'm going to get it going. I'm going to grow the Mother Diaries. This year is a year of growth. This year is my year. That is what I kept saying, right? Um, I should have known at the end of, of 2019 that kind of set the tone for 2020, um, which was really rough. Um you know, my grandmother ended up in the hospital, um, at a week before Christmas. And so Christmas was a little sad. Um, she was, she had fractured her pelvic bone. So she ended up having to go to a, um, what is it called? Not assisted living, but well, I can't think of it right now, but, um, she was in a facility, a rehabilitation facility. That's what I was trying to say. Um, so it was, it was a little rough, um, at the end of December. And mind you, I was also, super pregnant and I know every woman says at the end of their trimester at the end of their last trimester that they were super pregnant no I was super super pregnant um I had um high AFI levels which made me high risk and high AFI levels um is just extra amniotic fluid which at the time you would think I didn't realize it was um it could be an issue but it was and I was big I had way too much fluid um baby was just swimming like in a waterbed, but I look like I was carrying like triplets. Like even when I look at pictures, I can't believe how big I was. Um, so at the end of December, I was miserable. I was getting Braxton Hicks. I wasn't comfortable. I couldn't sleep. I wasn't comfortable standing. I wasn't comfortable sitting. I wasn't comfortable laying. I was just miserable. Um, and then New Year's happened, nothing exciting. Um, and then New Year's, not New Year's Day, January 2nd, I get a phone call um, from my aunt's cell phone, and it's not my aunt. It's my aunt's sister. And mind you, my aunt and my uncle and, you know, their family, they always go out to the desert on New Year's. I had just talked to my uncle, which my uncle is related to my mom, their brother and sister. Um, And I had just talked to him the day before because he was worried about my grandma. We were talking for a little bit. Um... And that was it. And then the next morning, I got a call from my aunt or my aunt's cell phone, and it was her sister. 
and also like automatically I knew something was wrong. Um, and I remember I was in the kitchen with my grandfather and we're just, you know, getting ready for the day. I think I was making breakfast for Max. Um, and I'm thinking once I hear my aunt's sister's voice that I'm just like, what's wrong? And in my head, I'm thinking an accident, like, you know, they were in the desert, someone got hurt. And my aunt tells me that my uncle passed um, in the middle of the night in his sleep. Um, I'm sorry, it wasn't my aunt, my aunt's sister. I'm sorry. And I just, I didn't know what to do. Like, I froze. I kind of was like, what? And the thing is, when it comes to, and this is so awful, when it comes to someone passing, I am super awkward with it. I just don't know how to react or how to respond. And I, I just... I don't know. And it's not even like I'm trying. Like, I just, I'm awkward with it. So I didn't know what to say. I didn't know. Like, I just kind of froze. And I was like, uh-huh, okay, um, what, how'd it happen? Like, I just, I just become like, I turn, it's almost like I turn off the emotion to avoid losing it. And I was just trying to get, like, all the information in. But my grandfather, who was in the kitchen with me, saw my face. And he was just like, what happened? And I just, I didn't know how I, I, how I, like, at this time, I'm like, how am I going to tell my grandfather that his son just passed? Like, how am I going to do this? So I got off the phone and I look at him and I'm just kind of like trying to, and I swear, it, it happened fast, I'm sure, but in my head it was super slow. Um, and I, so I told him, you know, I'm like, and I'm trying, and by this time I'm already breaking down because I couldn't, I couldn't be that serious person anymore, like being the strong one. I just kind of like lost it. And he just kind of remember him just kind of being serious. And he was more, and the thing is, he was more worried about me and being in my pregnancy because he said the stress was going to hurt the baby than he was, like, he is so strong in his faith. And he was just like, you know, we just have to pray. We have to pray for him. And he just like kind of, and I think that's how he deals with his, that was his coping mechanism was to go and pray. And I had to, and I remember having to like kind of take a breather and recalculate it, not recalculate, but just kind of re, you know, not, I don't even know how to say the words, but just realize what's really going on and have to call my mom and tell her that her brother passed, call my sister, you know, and just kind of, and call my husband. And it was just having to replay that over and over again. And I can't even imagine what my aunt and my cousins were having to go through to notify people. Um, and so that was, that was the beginning of January. That was January 2nd. That's how our year started. Um, and sure enough, the next day I had a doctor's appointment and they were like, oh, you know, your blood pressure is high. And I was like, okay, that's never, I haven't had high blood pressure throughout my whole pregnancy. I mean, as high risk as I was, blood pressure wasn't an issue. And they're like, okay, we'll just monitor it. And then <laughs> two days later, they're like, no, your blood pressure is still high. And I still think that my uncle's passing and obviously with the issue of my grandmother being in the hospital, I think it was just too much for me. And so I ended up being admitted. I was, I was due actually the end of January and my C-section because I was high risk and I had had a C-section before, um, I was scheduled to have him the 20th of January. And by this time it was the fourth, I think. No, the third. So yeah, no, yeah. I don't know, somewhere in between all that. Um, but I ended up being admitted into the hospital that Friday. Um, and 
being monitored and they're like, okay, you're staying overnight. They discharged me Saturday. They're like, okay, your, you know, your blood pressure was stable. Come back, you know, if your blood pressure goes high again and you need to check it. Um, so I checked it before I went to bed that night and it was high. So back to the hospital I go and they're like, nope, you're staying. They did lab work. They also found out that I had cholestasis. They're like, no, you're having this baby this weekend. And I ended up having Maverick on Monday, which you would think would be, you know, an amazing, and it was, it was a blessed moment to have my child, you know, I am still so thankful for him. I'm so thankful for the hospital that I was in, um, and the nurses that I had and the doctor that I had, but it was just so different this, um, this time around because I was literally just dealing with the passing of my uncle, you know, on the second. And then here I am the six giving birth to a baby and it just, it was hard to celebrate. Like I, obviously I was happy and, but it was just weird. Like I, I understood why, like, you know, my aunts didn't come or, you know, why it was just, it was a weird feeling like, you know, and it was, and, and it was hard because like my husband was obviously there when my baby was born, but you know, we also had my four-year-old at home and he, the plan was originally to have my mom, um, care for him while I was in the hospital and while my husband stayed with me. Um, and, but, you know, with my uncle's passing, obviously then it became, you know, focusing on the services and helping my aunt and being there for my aunt. So my mom couldn't be there for, to care for Max as often. So literally throughout my whole, you know, stay at the hospital, hospital, which, which I was there for five days, it was, you know, pr practically me by myself pretty much. Um, I didn't really get any visitors. I think I got like a, vis a visit. I got a visit from my sister-in-law, from my mother-in-law, my brother-in-law. Um, but there was nobody else that came to visit, you know, and uh, my mom and my sister did too. But it was just, it was just a weird, it was weird. Like it was like, I was happy that my son was here, but it was almost felt, it was just odd. Um, you know, and I even missed his, my uncle's service cause I was still in the hospital, um, so I feel like I never got that closure. Um, and even now, like I feel, I remember the, for the first couple months of being home, it just didn't feel real. And the thing is we live, um, on not a busy road, but next to a busy road that a lot of big trucks, cause we're kind of by a business park or in route to a business park. So I hear a lot of big diesel trucks, which my uncle had a diesel truck. And that was kind of how we knew he was coming to the house. Cause we would hear the diesel truck. And so there would be times where I would just hear that diesel truck at the light or coming down the road and it would just remind me like, that's not him. Um, so that was a, definitely a hard, hard month or two, you know, just realizing what was really going on. And at the same time, I was a new mom. I was tired. I was breastfeeding. Again, I had really bad postpartum. Um... I even remember my cousin coming to visit me when I made it home and she even looked at like she even like she saw me and she ended up like calling me like later that night like saying like are you okay like you don't look like yourself you look like you're a zombie like you're not like you're here but you're not here and I just broke down like because I knew that's exactly what what, what I was like I was there but I didn't feel like myself um I wasn't to the point where like self-harming um, or harming my children. But I know that, like, I just wanted silence. Like, as much as... And when the babies would cry, I would obviously tend to them. But I just... 
I don't know, like I would, I was really, really, I would easily like just want to shut down if that makes sense. Um, so that was something I struggled with. Um, and then obviously when COVID was getting really serious and they were starting to shut down stuff, they shut down my son's school. Um, so trying to be a, you know, a mama to a newborn and then, um, you know, having my son at home full time was a little rough. Um, you know, cause my son strives with structure and his school was amazing. And mind you, he was only going for three hours, but it was, it was a good schedule. So it was tough. Um, and then also my grandmother was still in the rehabil rehabilitation center, um, throughout all this. Um, and I didn't take Maverick to go see her because he was a newborn and, you know, I wasn't expecting her to be there that long. And I was like, she'll see him when she comes home. Um, and then COVID happened. Um, and within all this, like my grandmother had fallen again. She was, you know, so she was looking at staying in, um, that center longer. Um, and then when COVID happened, my grandfather wasn't able to see her anymore. We weren't able to see her anymore. Um, which was tough because she was already deteriorating. Um, she, before her fall, she was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, which was a blood, which is a blood cancer. And I had helped her throughout her diagnosis. I mean, through ever since she was diagnosed, I would take her to her doctor's appointments. You know, I helped, um, when she was first diagnosed, she was also diagnosed with, um, renal failure, which, um, I had helped with that. Um, I was actually pregnant with Max at the time when she was diagnosed and it was at the end of my pregnancy. Um, and I was just, you know, there through it, through it all. Um, so at the end of, or well, at the beginning of this year, she was still in the rehabilitation center. She was deteriorating, um, already from her, you know, renal failure and the multiple myeloma, um, you know, the cancer treatment was effective when she did do it, but it was also very, very harsh on her body. Um, so we were just monitoring it. Um, but the renal failure was getting worse. She wasn't eating. Um, and on top of that, being at the rehabilitation center wasn't helping. Um, she was starting to forget things. Um, and then being, you know, when it was shut down and not being able to see her, we were concerned because she was also at a center that wasn't the best. Um, I had to go down there and threaten to report them a few times. Um, they just, they weren't the best, but my grandfather wanted her there because that was the closest one to our house. And he is, he loved my grandmother so much. Um, he would literally go to her at eight in the morning and stay with her all day. Um, come back for lunch and then go back and then stay there till they closed. Um, our visiting hours closed. Um, so he wanted to be, be near her and be, to be able to watch her. Um, and when COVID happened and when they shut, when the shutdown happened, we weren't able to do that. And that was a big concern. Um, cause we, you know, we weren't sure how, if she was being taken care of. So that was more stress and more worry. Um, and then a little bit before, yeah, end of March, um, cause what we would do, cause she would go to dialysis, um, we would go and check up on her, like, cause they would drop her off at the dialysis center. And so we would, my mom or my grandfather would go and see her as they were, you know, um, dropping her off into the center just to check up on her. It was like a quick two minute high and by. 
Um, and I remember my mom coming home one day and saying like, no, there's something wrong with her. Like she's not herself. She's, she doesn't even recognize me. So I called, um, the day I remember calling the dialysis nurse and telling him because they, I had, we had a relationship with him already since, you know, she's been going there for a couple of years and he said it, you know, like she's deteriorating fast. Like you need to take her home. Like if you don't, she's going to pass in that center alone. And so after talking to the rehabilitation center, after that, talking to the doctor, um, even asking like, you know, how does it go with like visiting hours? Like, what do you guys think? And it was just to the point where they were like, you know, there's no going back. She's not going to get better. Um, so you're really just prolonging her suffering with dialysis. So we, as a family, decided to bring her home on hospice. Um, and she passed away five days after coming home. Um, she passed away in April. And that was super tough because, I mean, when she came home, she knew who we were, but she was slowly like forgetting things and, or she kept talking about stuff um, when she went from when she was younger. Um, but I did, you know, and I, I ended up being more like in that zombie mode again of just wanting to take care of her and make her comfortable as possible. Um, so like my sister and my mom and I, we you know, took turns, well, not took turns, but we were there to take care of her from changing her diapers to, you know, moving her up and down the bed to make sure she wasn't getting sores or getting uncomfortable. Um, but I was happy to, to know that she was no longer suffering and she was back home because that's where she really wanted to be. She hated that center. Um, and even then with COVID, it was like, we couldn't do a service because everything had shut down. Um, you know, we couldn't, mourn like we wouldn't not that we would normally but like I couldn't get that closure um and I feel like it didn't really hit me and it sometimes it still hits me like there'll be days where I'll be completely fine and some it'll just hit me like a brick wall um and I mean and that woman was like one I lived with her two you know she was like my second mom more of a mom than my mom <laughs> so like I don't know. It was, it was definitely hard. And the fact, and I kept getting the regret of not taking Maverick to see her. Um, and she, I mean, she saw him when she got home, but she wasn't really present as she would have been. So I still kicked myself on the butt for that. Um, and so I continued to try to do, you know, obviously working with trying to like stay positive throughout all this. Um, cause obviously I have my two boys and I so honestly, they're, they are just my anchors, um, and growing my business cause I'm still, you know, I still have my small business throughout all this. Um, and with COVID it was also struggling cause I get a lot of, um, my business through events. You know, I would do events like Mocajete Dominguero, doing Cultura Fest, um, you know, like Mercado Downey, like. Anyway, like I've been to a few of them and I, that's where I get a lot of my business because that's where I get to meet all of you and talk to all of you. And I had to slow down and, um, because we, there was no, there was no events. So I had to kind of push everything through my website, which I had, and I would get business from, but now it was solely my website. And, um, when, you know, the whole, um, you know, unemployment things started happening, everyone getting like those bonus stimulus checks, like business was okay, but it slowly started to die down and it wasn't what I was normally used to getting. Um, so I was trying to find a way to reinvent 
everything, not reinvent myself, but another way to find another source of income. Obviously, working wasn't in the picture um, or wasn't an option for me, like a regular job. Um, and then Monet came on my lap and I signed up, um, which has been amazing. Um, that actually has helped me a lot. Um, and then over summer, um, my friend, my really, really good friend passed away. Um, and it was just even more of a, of a shock because I had, I feel like I just talked to him a month before and I didn't find out through anybody. I found out through like anyone specifically, no one called me and told me he passed. I found out through Facebook and it just, it killed me. Um, which was tough. And even now, like, there's, like, so many, like, on those Facebook memories. Like, I'm constantly seeing, like, our conversations, and it just kills. Um, so COVID has been tough, for sure. Um, and I know I'm not the only one. I'm sure I just went on this huge, huge story time. But that's just, it's been my year. Um, and it's been super hard, um, obviously. And it's, been, and it's been hard. I know it's been hard on everybody. Everyone's feeling the the negatives, I mean, everything about COVID is negative, but dealing with everything that COVID brings, you know, so many people have lost family members. So many people, you know, are going through depression. Depression rates are so high right now. Anxiety. Um, I still deal with anxiety to this day. Like COVID has caused, like, I mean, aside from my postpartum, like my anxiety has heightened so much. Um, and I've literally like, I remember in the beginning of, not the beginning, middle of COVID, I wanted to start, because I was, you know, dealing with my postpartum. I needed to get my mind, like, off of everything, and I would go for walks, and that helped. And that, and that's a big thing, is it does help, and I will go over that in a little bit. Um, but then I remember all of a sudden getting anxious about going on walks, like, and I stopped walking, because people were talking about human trafficking and kidnappers and watch where you're, you know, be aware of your surroundings, which, of course, we all need to, but it just heightened my anxiety. All of a sudden I was going, you know, researching and going online and looking up crime statistics and, you know, like going down these rabbit holes and it just heightened my anxiety. My anxiety was like so bad. I wasn't sleeping. I was in total fear that someone was going to kidnap my kid. If I saw a white van drive by my house, I was literally like, it was bad, obsessive bad. Um, and I don't know, I feel, and I know I'm not the only one who's been doing this through COVID, um, you know, and I, like I said, depression rates are so high right now. Anxiety is super high. I mean, we're dealing with the pandemic. We're dealing with being stuck at home, social distancing. So we feel isolated. Um, and it's just, everyone's just on this, they're on edge. And I feel like everyone's super angry. You know, in the beginning we were all like, show kindness, like, let's be there for each other. Let's support each other. And I feel like slowly it's kind of turned to this anger and this, you know, everyone's attacking each other, each other, saying they have an agenda or whatever. Like you're, if you don't, if you're not like fully with this person or agree with what their beliefs are, they're against you. And it's just been super, super, super hateful lately. Um, even more with, you know, the whole, um, presidential thing, presidential race. And it's just, it's been bad. Um, and you know, now we're at the end of 2020 and obviously we're not, at the light at the end of the tunnel yet and I know even more so we're getting the shutdowns again so I, it's made me want to talk about this topic even more um just because 
it is a very, very real thing. Everyone's experiencing it. And now that we're doing shutdowns and, you know, cases are going up and, you know, we're in the strictest tier right now. And now we have a new stay-at-home order and who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, whether, you know, they're going to, I know the vaccine's supposedly coming out, which is another controversial thing, but there's just so many things that we, we need to, to just have some grace, be kind. And so I have researched and looked up different steps we can do to kind of help get us out of this funk, out of this negativity. Obviously, COVID's not going away right now. And we have to, and everyone has their, you know, feelings with COVID, whether you are anti-mask, pro-mask. Me, personally, I get why people are anti-maskers, but I am not against mask wearing. And me coming from having a special needs kid, um, you would think I wouldn't be. But I do understand why we wear them. I respect it. Um, obviously I have my own feelings when it comes to social distancing. Um, but at the end of the day, I just want to beat this. I want to be safe. I want my kids to be safe. I want to have a normal as soon as possible without endangering other people. Um, but yeah, so I, when we come back from this commercial break, we'll go over steps we can do to kind of make this somewhat better and help you deal with anxiety and depression throughout COVID. And yeah, we'll be back. Hey, comadre, guess what? Te tengo un chisme, pero bueno. Prepara el cafecito. You gotta hear me out. Oh my goodness. You're listening to the Hola Comadre podcast hosted by Jasmine Del Toro. All right, everybody, welcome back. Okay, so we're going to talk, we've been talking about COVID-19, kind of my story as, you know, how my year has been. Um, But depression, anxiety, stress has been at an all-time high because of COVID-19 from, you know, having to isolate, having to social distance, staying inside more, things are shut down, we can't do our normal, you know, we just went through Halloween, Thanksgiving, you know, and it's totally been a different vibe. I know Thanksgiving for me was really, really weird. Um, it was nice and it was, you know, very, very quiet. We just stayed at home, but it wasn't, it was a different vibe this year, you know, obviously with everything going on and losing family members, you know, not having them here for the first time for the holidays was tough. Um, but obviously with COVID and everything going on, it was, it's, 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 it's been a lot. And I know I'm not the only one who's experiencing this. Um, we all have experienced some type of issue, not issue, but we've all had to deal with COVID. You know, we've had to deal with staying indoors. And it, we've, even though I know it's hit some, it's impacted us in different ways. You know, we've had people who've lost family members, multiple family members. We have people who are dealing with depression because they're, you know, at home. We also have the concern of kids not going to school, parents not being, or having to let go of their jobs because they have, don't have people to take care of their kids it's a lot. Like people are dealing with a lot. Um, you know, and then there's, you know, kids who are struggling too with school, all this change. And, you know, there's people who deal with abuse and now they're stuck with their abusers inside their home. And it's, it's a lot. Um, so I wanted to go over ways to help cope and deal with stress, anxiety, um, anger, and depression during COVID-19. Um, so 
obviously we all experience different levels of mental health. I mean, throughout our life, throughout our lifetime, we really do. Um, and right now during this pandemic, it's definitely been heightened. And there's many, there's so many different types of health disorders. There's, like I said, depression, anxiety disorder, um, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and there's so many others. Um, and if you or someone are experiencing these symptoms, you know, read up on it, listen up on it, speak up on it, follow up. There's so many, so much, so many resources out there, even more so. Um, and don't be afraid to be open about it. Don't be afraid. Don't sit there and like hold in what you're feeling if it is you that it's experiencing it. Don't be afraid of that. Um, speak up about it. There are a number of signs that indicate um, a mental health challenge, but it's important to um, the mental health professional, the medical doctor to help you with, um, with a diagnosis if that's what you need. Um, but it's also like essential for you guys to understand your mental and physical health, um, and symptoms that you might have, or that might, you know, deem you to have anxiety or depression. Um, and here are some signs, um, that you might need help or might need to, you know, this is more on the serious note. Like if you have confused thinking, if you have long-lasting sadness or irritability, if you have extreme highs, extreme lows, that was something I, I really dealt with in the beginning of um, my postpartum. Um, excessive fear or worry and anxiety. Now, mine was obsessive. Like I said, I was obsessing to the point where I was Googling and researching crime rates and I was afraid to even walk outside because I swore someone was going to kidnap me or kidnap my child. Um strong feelings of anger, dramatic changes in your eating and sleeping habits, your inability to cope with daily problems and activities, um, like that could be with, you know, babies crying or changes, um, just throughout your day, um, denial of obvious problems. Um, and one of the, you know, obvious ones is, um, using substance abuse as a coping mechanism. Um, and if for, and that was for adults, like in, in older children and preteens, obviously abuse of drugs and alcohol, the inability to cope with daily problems, changes in sleeping, um, defying authority, um, intense fear of gaining weight, um, long lasting negative mood, thoughts of death, um, frequent outbursts of anger. Um, if you're concerned for your younger children, um, you'll see changes in school performance, which can be tough because we have a lot who are distant learning. Um, poor grades, despite strong efforts, which again, this is kind of hard because it is distant learning, um, excessive worry or anxiety, persistent nightmares, frequent temper tantrums. Um, so these can be signs of, of having, um, some type of depression or anxiety. Um, now here are some tips to help support. Um, and again, this is hard because you know, we're dealing with having to social distance and that's kind of where our anxiety is coming and depression is coming from. But my biggest thing is find a friend, find a community. Um, I know that sounds easier said than done. I am not that I'm not the most social person, but I am very guarded for the most part. Um, so when I was going through all this, I would, was I knew I had to find something. I knew there was something wrong and I reached out to my primary care 
and they wanted me to see a therapist, which I still want to see a therapist for, you know, my childhood traumas, which I will go over in another episode. But um, I didn't want to take medication and I wanted to see if there was a way for me to deal with my anxiety and depression without being medicated. So again, I started going on walks, which actually when I did go on walks, it helped me tremendously. I was starting to feel good. I had a routine going. I was out of the house. I felt like I was doing something. Um, But then again, I let my anxiety take the best of me. I freaked out and I stopped going out because I was afraid I was going to get kidnapped. (laughs) Um, That sounds funny saying it now, but I was like, literally, it was paralyzing. Um, And I just, I felt like I wasn't a good enough mom. Like I felt like I wasn't doing my job. Um, and I felt like no matter what I did, I was just horrible at it. Um, so after walking wasn't working or I stopped walking because of my paranoia, um, I tried to find other outlets. Um, and I had things in my anxiety and depression actually affected my business, um, for the mother diaries, obviously, like I was working on my website, I stopped being as um, active on my social media, which was very important for growing my business. Um, I was starting to, um, do stuff for the podcast and then I just slowly like, I'll get to it. I kept pushing things back cause I just, m- that motivation wasn't there. Um, so I needed to find an outlet. So I started doing self-help books. I started looking up, um, positive affirmations and trying to make it a goal to change my overall mindset. So, it was little by little things here and there that I would do. Um, I started, uh, obviously I already have a relationship with my, um, with God and I am strong in my faith, but I needed to redevelop that relationship. So, um, I started to pray a lot. Um, I have my daily devotionals. I have two, um, which I've talked about a lot on the mother diaries. Um, I have a night one, um, for moms and I have a day, one that I read in the morning, Um, and then I just try to start with positive affirmations when I wake up in the morning and I try to, you know, just make myself feel good and tell myself things that I normally wouldn't because I am my own worst critic. Um, but I just, I had to tell myself, you know, you're a good mom. You're doing the right thing. You're going to have a great day. Um, whatever affirmation I would say, um, in the morning. Um, and then it was reading self-help books. It was finding a friend. It was finding a community. And that's exactly what I did. I actually ended up reaching out to a friend of mine. She was an old coworker of mine from like way back when. She had actually reached out to me in like November about Monate. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of it. Um, it is a non-tox. They're really famous for their shampoo. Um, that's where you'll hear most of Um, that's what they're really known for, but uh, they have other things. Um, and I had seen so many things about it, like on social media, but I just, I wasn't there yet because I had a bad taste in my mouth from another MLM company. So when she had first approached me, I was like, I'll talk to you about it, you know, after I have my baby. And finally, when I realized I needed to get out of my funk and I didn't want to get medicated and the walks weren't working, I reached out to her because I want, I just, I wanted to feel good about myself and I wanted to find something for me just for me, which I think is so important. Um, not even for, for people who are dealing with moms who are dealing with postpartum, but I think just in general, like when you're starting to feel in a funk, find something for you, find something that is going to make you feel good. Um, obviously in a healthy manner. 
Um, I feel like I have to be careful with what I say because some people take things in the literal sense and that's not what I'm saying um, in a healthy manner. Um, so for me, I wanted to feel good about myself. Um, and I, you know, I love makeup. I love beauty. And I was struggling with postpartum hair loss. Like my hair was falling out from the sides. It was really bad. It was really bad this time around. So I reached out to, um, my friend and I told her I wanted to try the product, um, which I know when signing up, it's easy, it's cheaper for you to sign up to sell it than it is to sign up as a customer. So luckily Mane doesn't have, um, you know, any penalties for not selling, um, when you sign up. So I signed up for the discount and instantly after first wash, I felt amazing. It like just made me feel good. And I wanted to like, look, I wanted to, you know, actually do my hair. I wanted to, and I just, I loved how I felt afterwards. I felt beautiful. Um, but that's not what changed me. What changed, obviously I felt good about myself, but what changed me was that community. I found a friend don't get me wrong, I have lots of friends that aren't with Monate, but this community is the most uplifting community. Like, I've never met a group of women who genuinely want to see you happy and want to see you reach your goals. And that's what I want. That's the kind of person that I am. I, I am motivated. I'm independent. I want to make something of myself. And I took pride in the Mother Diaries, which I still do. Mother Diaries is my baby. But I needed that extra push. And I wasn't pushing myself like I was before with the Mother Diaries because I was in that funk. So I needed somebody to give me that extra push. And it just started from there. And that's why I say now, find a friend, find a community. It is so important that you find somebody that you can confide, not even, I mean, obviously confide in, but there's a lot of the girls on my team don't even know that I dealt with depression and anxiety. They didn't know that it was to the point where I didn't want to walk out that door. Um, they didn't know how unmotivated I was that I would, you know, emotionally eat because I was just so stressed out. Um, and you know, with them not even knowing that they were checking up on me, not to, you know, because they felt sorry for me. They were checking up on me because they genuinely wanted to make sure that I was doing like good, that I was, you know, doing well with my business that I was, and that made me feel good. It was holding me accountable. It was the uplifting messages, the cheering me on, and it made me want to cheer them on. And it was just, it was the most, this is the most empowering group I've ever been with. Um, you know, and I've done women empowerment events. I've done women empowerment classes. I've hosted women empowerment events. Um, and I've, you know, don't get me wrong. I've had an amazing you know, uplifting group of people that I met through the Mother Diaries and I still love and cherish them to this day. Um, but like I said, after having the baby, I wasn't motivated for the Mother Diaries like I like wanted to be. So it was amazing to find another group of women who didn't know me, but saw the potential in me, saw me for who I was and wanted to uplift me more. So that's why I think community is so important. And it doesn't have to be the Monet group. I'm not saying, you know, join an MLM to get your community because not all MLMs are the same. Um, which, I mean, don't get me wrong. You can join Monet. You can join my team. I'm totally for it. But find a, find a friend. Find a community. It could be your siblings. It could be your mom. It could be your bestie. It could be your comadre. It could be your, you know, someone in your church. But just find somebody. Find somebody that makes you feel good. 
Find somebody that you can just conversate with. Um, don't isolate yourself, you know. Find somebody who makes you want to be better, who uplifts you to be better. And there are so many people who would be willing to, to do that for you. I'm more than sure. And if you don't have somebody, reach out to me. I will be more than happy to be your friend. Um, you know, and I think that's so important to find a friend. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. I think that will get you through anything. Um, find your community. Do stuff for yourself. Um, they say obviously exercise and being outdoors is a great way to deal with depression and anxiety. You obviously have to be the one to push yourself out there. I know depression and anxiety can be paralyzing, but you have to take that step to get out. Um, and it's a little hard now because one, we're in winter, two, we're in a pandemic, but you can find a way. Even if it's walking around your neighborhood, carry a mask. And if someone walks past you, put it on, you know, like just get out. You know, even if it's, even if it's freezing, put on a jacket, go for a little walk. Um, do honestly, what's helped me yoga. Um, I, you would think I'm a big girl, you know, I'm like, girl, big girl shouldn't be doing yoga. That was my, that was my opinion back then. Um, but when I actually did yoga for the first time, I did it, um, at an event that I hosted and it was the most amazing feeling. I never felt happy out of exercising. Like I felt good. Like it was, it's such a crazy feeling, but I think a lot of it has to do with the breathing exercises. So if you're not for yoga, breathing exercises, that will help so much. Find a place to meditate. Um, you know, there is a place in my closet that I like to sit and just kind of, you know, for like 10 minutes and I'm just like breathing in, breathing out. And half of the time I, you know, my husband doesn't know or my, my, I, you know, I'll just kind of excuse myself for 10 minutes. Like, oh, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And I just sit in my closet for 10 minutes and I breathe in and I breathe out. And I just, especially when I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, that helps. So definitely breathing exercises. That's a big thing. Self-development, self-help books. I know that sounds cheesy. A lot of people are just kind of like, oh, you're one of those girls. But no, they help. They help tremendously. Changing your mindset is the biggest thing. Um, honestly, it's all how you view things. And honestly, we're all dealt different cards throughout our lives. Some have it harder, some have it easier. But it's all how we view it. It really, really is. You decide what kind of day you're going to have because you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to it. And again, not in the literal sense, some things sometimes, you know, you're allowed to feel what you feel, but don't stay there. You know, like I know people are like, oh, Jazz, you can't just tell people to change, like, you know, be positive when something bad's happening. I'm not saying that. I'm saying try to make things as positive as you can depending on your circumstances, you know, um, you know, if you have a bad day, that's fine. Have your bad day. You're human. You're allowed to have your bad day, but don't stay in that mindset. Feel your feelings, you know, and, and obviously em embrace that feeling for a minute. Cause you need to feel what you feel. You need to feel the anger. You need to feel the hate. You need to feel the sadness, but don't sulk in it. Don't stay in it because that will be what will definitely get you into depression, get you into anxiety. Don't overthink it. Feel it. And then you go and you change your mindset. Um, viewing how your morning is. If something doesn't go your way, 
Don't stand like, oh, bad things always happen to me. This is my life. Words are powerful. And believe me, I was the biggest sarcastic, I still am sarcastic. I do, I have a really, really dark sense of humor. Um, but I do, I've now worked on how I say things. Um, I try not to talk to myself in a negative sense. And I do, I catch myself saying all the time that I'm awkward and people are kind of even look at me kind of differently, but almost like awkward in a way I don't see it as a negative. I kind of embrace it. I love my awkwardness, but I try not to say negative things about myself and I try not to say, and, and I try not to say too much in my sarcasm or say too much in my negative. So definitely changing your mindset. Um, you know, if you don't have something doesn't go your way that day. It wasn't meant for, like, just try to, it's like, you know, obviously it wasn't meant for me to, to have that today, but, and find a positive. Um, and that's my biggest thing is mindset is everything. How you view things is everything that will change your perspective. It will make you feel better. I would definitely, that would be where I would definitely start. Um, and it's not even, it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to be this positive poly right out the gate. And I don't expect you to be. I'm not positive all the time. Again, I am very, very sarcastic. But I've noticed my change in how I see things in my circumstances. You know, where normally I would just kind of get into this obsessive, like, I got to be perfect, this obsessive, like, I got to, you know, look a certain way. I have this reputation to uphold. Like, no, like, I'm learning to give myself grace I'm learning to be positive in that every situation, whether it be positive or negative, I just try to take it for what it is and I try to make best of my circumstances. Um, and literally it's all by tweaking things every single day, positive affirmations in the morning. Um, if you are religious, you know, being strong in faith, strong in prayer, devotionals, um, we did, we were doing like a gratitude call, a gratitude call with money in the morning. And that was super helpful for me. And even though they're not going on right now, I still try to find something to kind of gear me towards that and being grateful for what I have. Um, and that was a great start to the day. Um, that would, I think mindset is everything. I think your words are powerful. Your brain is powerful. Um, it's a powerful tool. And with that being said, with all that power and if you let it stay in negativity, it can be just awful if you let it because that your brain is that powerful. Um, but yeah, those are some really good tips that help um, exercising. We talked about that. We talked about mindset, self-help books, podcasts. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously have listened to podcasts before. If you haven't, there are so many self-help po- podcasts that you can listen to. Um, changing your mindset. There's just so many helpful ones and I would definitely recommend having them. I'm going to, like I said, link some information in my um, Instagram resources, which I'm going to be putting up. um, So where you can find stuff for um, hotlines um, for depression and anxiety um, to help find resources if you're suffering from a mental illness or just need to speak to somebody. Also, you have my contacts in on Instagram um, at Oracle Mother Podcast. Um, you can definitely DM me through there. I will definitely be here to hear you out. Um, I'm not a medical professional. I am just an ear. Um, that's not judgmental and just here to let you vent. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to end that on that note. 
Um, now, normally with, and I totally miss this, um, with every episode, I want to start with the cheese of the week. Um, and I don't have one. I do have one, but I was going to use it. And I decided kind of as I was doing this episode <laughs> that I'm going to save it for next episode because there was an episode that I was going to record. But because we're so late into the holidays, I wasn't going to do it. Um, but I'm going to do it because I think it's much needed. Um, I'll do the cheese of the week then. Um, but I also want to end the episode with, um, a moment of gratitude, something that I'm grateful for, um, and just leave it on a positive note. So I am grateful for my children. I am so blessed to have them. I'm blessed for their health. Actually, I'll give you my cheese, man. My chisme of the week was I had a scare with my son. He had a fever. And girl, let me tell you, it was so scary. Because my youngest, he's, I don't want to say he's sensitive, but Max, when he's sick, is a lot different. When Maverick's sick, he's miserable. And it's hard to console him. And he had a fever this week. Dealing with COVID, it was a big scare because it was spiking at like 103 and I couldn't break it. So we ended up going to the children's hospital. We got a COVID test. It was a hot mess. I was like worried because like the way they had things set up at the children's hospital, there was like a family getting tested in the next little wall thing next to me. And I was having a panic attack. But thankfully, there was no obviously negative test result for Maverick. Um... He was just fighting something, and now he's back to normal. That was my cheese, man. Um, but I'm grateful for their health. I'm grateful for my boys. Um, and I want to leave it with another quote. Um, thank you, Pinterest. But I think this is an awesome one to leave. So it says, you don't always need a plan. Sometimes you just need to breathe. Trust, let go, and see what happens. And... I think that's awesome because obviously 2020 didn't go as planned and sometimes we just need to go with it and make things happen on our own, but you just need to breathe. That's the biggest thing. Breathe and trust and, you know, see what happens. Um, have a very blessed day, guys. I am so excited for this podcast. I know this one was a little heavy, um, but... It just needed to be done. I It was a very hard year and I'm not going to, I told myself that December is going to be the month to set the tone for 2021 because that's kind of how 2019 was, end of 2019. So 2021 is, I'm not going to let it happen like 2020. So I'm going to, for this month, I've been trying to work extra hard in changing my mindset and making everything positive. And that's why I was like, I'm doing this podcast. I'm getting the episode out. I'm going to keep going. And that's my tone for 2021. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go with a positive mindset and whatever gets thrown my way, I'm going to do it in strength with my faith, in my heart, and in my soul. So have a blessed day, guys. I will talk to you guys later. I promise you my next episode will definitely not be as serious. We're going to have more fun and I will talk to you guys later. Bye.